Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, ladies and the gentlemen who love us. Welcome to the Black Women Amplified podcast. This is your girl, Monica Wisdom, your host. And I am so excited that you're here with me today. It has been great. (laughs) I've had a great day. Like I said, I went to the river the other day and I have just been full of energy. I think I'm gonna have to go at least twice a month now that the weather has broken and we seem to be in spring. But maybe I'll go on a Monday because Sunday was very crowded, which I'm happy everybody was getting out doing their thing. It felt regular. I'm not going to say this is normal, but it just felt, I felt like a regular, a regular day. Haven't felt that in a while. And I'm so excited. I'm going to see Maxwell on Wednesday. Mm. Ooh, that man just still gives me the shivers. He is, yeah, I'm ready for that. It's going to be with Maxwell. Anthony Hamilton, who I love, I love his voice. He doesn't give me the shivers. And Joe. Now, Joe is an oldie but a goodie, but Joe, oh, his voice is like butter. So it's going to be a crooner's delight. And I'm counting it as my birthday party, which it is not, but my girl is getting a sweet. And so we're just going to live it up and have a great time. So I'm excited about that. So excited. It's been my, it's my first, and I'm a concert goer. Like, Live music is my thing, and it is one of my outlets to ex- outlets of expression. And because of this PAMI that we're in, I haven't had my outlets of expression. Granted, New Edition was here last week, but had they been coming with other people, I would have been there. I have no desire in my life to ever see Jodeci. And Uncle Charlie, love you to death, but you don't give me the shivers. <laughs> I wanted my first concert experience to be not, I still love me some Bobby Brown, still love me some new edition gang, all their iterations. I'm a new edition girl. I remember going to see new edition. I've seen them several times. So I I don't feel like I'm missing out. Although I've seen Maxwell a bunch of times too, but I've seen BBD. I've seen new edition with and without Bobby. (laughs) So I'm sure it would be a great concert of nostalgia. I just wanted, I was just happy. I'm going to see Maxwell. And I was going to read you something from Eric's book, but I don't know where I put it. Oh, here it is. Lessons, 100 Thoughts on Life and Love. And I love lesson number one. (laughs) Wait till I read it to you. Lesson number one, know when to let her win. That's the whole lesson. I mean, he has a story behind it because he wrote a song about it called Score No More. I think that's the name of the song, Scoreboard. And he has a story behind the song. That's what I love about this book. Not only does he give you his lesson that he learned, but he, in some of the areas, he gives you the song lyric that he wrote because of it and the story behind it. So it's like, read it. You remember how we used to, before everything became digital, 
and we had linear notes and the linear notes are what comes in the CD when you open it up and you get to read the lyrics and who did the art direction and who did the production, who's on guitar, who's on drums. You get to read all of that stuff. So this is for me a little bit of that on top of the lessons that he's sharing. So let's get into this podcast. And this podcast, it's an extension of, I cannot keep going back to the conversation with Jane Allen, but it was just so juicy about motherhood. So I'm inspired by this conversation with you all today because good girlfriend of mine, one of my sister friends, Rochelle Carey, was on the Tamron Hall show and she was sharing her journey to motherhood. And she said something very poignant about motherhood. She adopted her son a year ago. Last week, it had been a year and she adopted him after, and she's open about this, after IVF didn't work. She had tried to adopt prior to that. It didn't work because she didn't live in the country. But she said one thing that was very poignant, that she did not feel incomplete because she did not have a child. She just really wanted a child. And I think that is poignant because people often have kids because they feel like that that is a natural progression of life. And as we talked about in the last podcast, there's the life that society has for you. And then there's the life that you were born to become. And oftentimes we pick the life, we choose the life unknowingly that society has crafted for us, that our parents have crafted for us, that our peers have crafted for us with their opinions and their questions and all the things about what you should be doing. And so typically our life becomes a response of that. And very rarely do people these days go on a journey of self-discovery to find out what they really like. Like, do you really like Italian food or were you just born into an Italian family? Do you really like Mexican food or is this just the food of, of your family that you grew up eating? Are there, you know, it's just like, and so in exploring life, it's not just about tasting this or tasting that, but it's really about asking yourself the questions so that you can see where your programming is. And one thing that we have as a society is around the idea of motherhood, what it is supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like, and the fact that you're supposed to want to be a mom and that you're supposed to be a mom. But I'm here to tell you, and we all know, that's not everybody's journey. <laughs> you know, it's really not everybody's journey to be to birth a child. I will say that. It's not everybody's journey to want to have children or to want to get married. That's a whole nother conversation. But what is happening is that we are constantly bombarded with these, these ideas of this is what we're supposed to do. So we put unnecessary pressure on ourselves to find a husband, to find a man, to have to do this, to do that, to freeze our eggs, to da 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 da, da all the things because that's what we're told is supposed to happen. But for some women, I'm pointing at myself. I'm pointing at myself right now because I'm really only talking about myself to myself. I never wanted kids. Let me correct that. I never wanted to birth a baby. <laughs> and I was trying to, my journey of self-discovery, figure out why. And what I discovered about myself is two things. One, in health class, when I was a kid, they showed us a movie. And this movie, I saw a woman giving birth to a child. And the way the camera was pointing, it was directly between her, her legs. And you had a bird's eye view of the baby coming out. Now this, for a child who's very visual, very visual, a child who could not watch Jaws, 
a child whose father loved horror movies and loved taking her to horror movies, all the horror movies, and who would go home and throw up. (laughs) So watching this movie with an up-close view of a baby coming through a vagina was horrifying. And it looked so painful. Now I get giving birth to life is beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. I love the kids. But the physical idea of having a baby inside of my body, that's not the problem. The problem was pushing it out. That idea just, so at that age, I was fused in, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not, I am not doing that. So I made that decision young that I did not want to have kids. Then the second thing I believe that shaped me was this idea that society says, or scientists say, or whoever medical industry says, that people who are abused become abusers. I was an abused kid, plain and simple, abused kid, physically, mentally, all the things. And so I didn't want to be an abuser. And I didn't know if that is something that would lie dormant inside of me. Now, re- I just want to remind people, I'm Generation X. We didn't come up with this. We didn't have this mental wellness movement that's out here now. We didn't have trauma-informed therapists. We didn't even have Black therapists. We had You could go to a psychiatrist and get a pill, or you could talk to some white lady who had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> we didn't have very many choices. And in the Black community, it's still a stigma. But back then, therapy was for the insane, you know, that's where you went when you were insane. You didn't go just because you didn't go to talk therapy to talk things out or to get clear about things. That wasn't a thing. So society said that whoever said it was, I read it, I heard it constantly. Abusers are abusers because they abuse people. They were abused as children. And so I said, well, the only way for me to stop that is to not have a kid. So I didn't have a kid. Now, would I have been a great mother? Looking back, I think I would have been a phenomenal mama. And how do I know that? Because my kids tell me I have kids. I just didn't birth them. They're my godchildren. I call them my kids. I always have. I remember I asked them, (laughs) they were talking about one of their mama's friends. I said, Lord, well, do you all like me when I'm not around? And they looked at me like and said, liking you would not liking you would be like not liking our mother. What are you talking about? I said, well, I didn't know the way y'all talking about this lady. Anyway, and then when my godson, my baby boy, graduated from high school, his mom came up to me because she knew how I felt about all of this. She's my best friend. And she said, I just wanted you to know that you were such a great mother to him. You're a great mother. You know, I clutched my pearls. (laughs) I tried to hold back the tears. And I realized, wow, even though I didn't have my own kid, I was able to love a child like my own and really pour into him like a mom would. And she raised her kids in a community. So it wasn't far-fetched for him to, I mean, when he was a baby, he used to call me mom and I would correct him. Auntie, (laughs) mommy, auntie, mommy, auntie. That was our our conversation. Took him about a year to stop calling me mom, but I didn't want to confuse him that he had two moms. He didn't, he had his mother and then he had me. So I say all that to say, That's what shaped my idea of not becoming a mother. And it was truly an external 
conditioning that was put onto me. One, I saw this video that was horrifying that I thought was horrifying. And then two, society said X, Y, Z. And so I bring it to the point of, to the understanding that everybody has a different journey to motherhood. And so we have to stop asking the question, when are you going to have kids? Because Rochelle and I are two different women. We have two completely different life experiences, even though we have some shared occurrences and we're really good friends, but we have two very different ways that we grew up. And so the conclusion for our lives are very different. And our journey to motherhood is very different. When I talk to Jane Allen, her journey to motherhood is very different than mine. I never tried to have a child. She tried several times and it failed. I'm not going to say it failed. It it didn't happen. Every woman you talk to, she has a different journey to motherhood. So instead of saying, asking the question, when are you going to have a baby? Ask, simply ask the question, what's your journey to motherhood? And allow the person to tell you their story and just listen without judgment. There are so many things that happen to girls when they're young. We can look at it through many different lenses. And we never know what's happening behind closed doors. A lot of people didn't know what was happening behind the closed doors of my house until I started talking about it. So we have to understand that we have to normalize this conversation, whether you're going through IVF or you've had an abortion, or if you're trying to have kids and you keep having miscarriages, all of those things should be a normal conversation without judgment. Because you're not less of a woman because you don't give birth to a child. You're not less of a female because you choose not to have a baby. That is not your role on this planet to procreate. And this idea, let's let's go really deep into this. This idea that we have about, in my opinion, about the necessity to have a child to carry on the legacy, the way that it comes through for Black women is the idea of Let's just go there. And you know, I keep saying this. It goes back to slavery. It really goes back to slavery because slavery for Black women, we were, in essence, the farms for future slaves. Simplest way to put it, we were nothing but a commodity to have more slaves and to work in the fields. And it wasn't enough that we worked in the field and and did all of that or raised other people's kids. But when slavery became abolished, not abolished. When the transatlantic slave trade became illegal, they had to find another way to get slaves. And what better way than to just breed them yourself like dogs? That's why I don't like the term B-I-T-C-H for each other, for Black women to call each other, because that's how they used to breed us like dogs. They had breeding farms and they had a stud. The stud could have been your son. I don't want to go to the whole story of that, but read Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, the book. You get a whole scope (laughs) of how that worked. And it's, it's much harsher than you could ever, ever imagine. So the idea that we are here to have children comes from that. Because at one point, it was our only purpose in this country. Let me say that one more time. Because at one point, it was our only purpose in this country to continue the, the institution of slavery. And the only way that the slaves could continue on without doing the slave trade was to birth them. So unravel that within yourself. (laughs) 
I had to say it. I, I didn't intend to say it, but I had to say it. We have to really understand our history and our place in this country and the things that we are fighting to decolonize within ourselves. The conditioning that we are trying to break within ourselves goes beyond self-care. We literally have to excavate those ideas that have been put within us from generation to generation to generation and understand how that conversation has softened and evolved. When are you going to have a baby? Seems like a simple question. Seems like a harmless question. But for some women, it's very triggering because maybe they have tried to have a baby and had miscarriages. Before I was born, my mother had several miscarriages. Before my brother, well, not before I was born. I was a six-week checkup baby. But before my brother was born, she had several miscarriages. And if you talk to women, many women had miscarriages. It's actually a normal occurrence. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It just, it just wasn't time for this baby to be born. Some of us get pregnant. We never know it because the baby, you know, baby is uh, the, the egg is fertilized, but the egg does not go to full, go, doesn't go to past a month. And so we have to understand that everybody's journey is different. And we have to welcome listening to every individual's journey. If you just simply replace when you having a baby with, so what's your journey to motherhood? The conversation is totally different. Because for one thing, like I said, not all journeys to motherhood are the same. There is individuals are fingerprints. Becoming a mother is a very private matter. It's not really a public conversation. It's a private, private matter. And not everybody that has children should be a mom. <laughs> I just say that. <laughs> but none of us should be pressured for motherhood. And I'm going to say this. Having a child is not what makes you a mother. I think we all in us, many of us, have the innate ability of mothering. Just think about the people that are around you. You know, if you're a churchgoer, the youth that's around you, the ones that come, the, the kids that come up to you for advice or the women or the men that come up to you for, for advice and you're nurturing them and you're listening to them and you're taking care of them, that's mothering. That's tapping into that divine feminine energy that says, I'm going to help you to the next phase of your life. I have been blessed to have several young people around me, my girlfriend's kids, who we have great relationships. We have great conversations. We're so close, they call me dude. And I have to remind them, <laughs> now I'm one of your little friends. <laughs> and I'm not a boy, okay? So I'm not a dude, but they get, the young men get that comfortable that they, they look at me as one of their friends, one of their guy friends, because I don't judge what they tell me. I might look at them crazy every once in a while, but it, they know it's out of love. But when we tap into our divine feminine energy of nurturing, of caretaking from a place of love and not neediness, that's mothering. You know, we talk about Mother Earth, how Mother Earth provides it with food and with oxygen and with water and day and night and, and warmth. That's mothering. So mothering is a whole scope of things. It is not a singular idea of getting pregnant and birthing a child so that the idea of motherhood has to be expanded and so we can really expand the conversation to normalize it because let me tell you why people are going through 
pains of not being becoming a mother because it hurts too much to talk about it because people feel shame around it and they feel isolated because of it. They don't feel complete as women because of it. And these are real issues that women are going through. Even people that have kids that want to have another baby. These are issues that women are going through. So we have to find a place of empathy and ask questions out of of empathy as opposed to curiosity. It's good to be curious. I'm 100% a curious person. I love it. But we have to think of ways to have a conversation through empathy so that it erases the shame and the stigmas of not birthing a child. So like I'll say it again so that we get it. Let's all say it together. What is your journey to motherhood? And when we ask that question, we begin a conversation. And we begin a conversation, we have an opportunity to heal. Not just other people, but ourselves. Because at the end of the day, the people around you are simply a reflection of who you are. And if we can normalize the journey of motherhood, we can remove the stigma of not being a mom. And we can remove the guilt, the shame, the turmoil that people are going through on top of the physical aspects of being a mother, of birthing a child, of going through IVF, of going through an abortion, of going through all of the things. That's hard enough. We don't need anybody else's judgment placed on top of all of that. What we need is compassion, empathy, and understanding and support. We need support. So the next question after that, depending on what the story is, ask the question, how can I support you? Then we can move forward. Just like back in the day, I talked about this in the conversation with Jane Allen, just like back in the day when nobody would talk about the cycle, nobody, you know, it was whispers. She started her period. So there was so much shame about the whole experience of being on a cycle. Now it's normal. Girls just like, yeah, I got to go get that. And me, to the point where men, if you're in a relationship or a male friend or whoever, you send them to the store, they know exactly what aisle to go to. That's how normal it is now. That, okay, you need your, okay, I'm going to get your snacks too. Like that's, that's when it's normalized. When the fellas are like, what do you need? Or they know what you need and they go get it. <laughs> when you go in the aisle to get your pads and your tampons and the fellas are like, now, which one is that? Like, it's a normal conversation. That's what I mean by normalizing it where we're just talking about it. Like we're talking about the color of the sky. And it's important that we get there because we're dealing with enough shit in our lives that when we can eliminate stuff that doesn't matter, like people's opinions of, of how or what, we're all just able to breathe easier. So I really want to really say to you all, let's just normalize the journey to motherhood, whether you're a mom, a stepmother, you've gone through IVF and you had your baby, whether you had a surrogate, whether you got your baby through foster care, adoption, you married somebody that had kids, all the different directions that motherhood takes on. Godchildren, auntie, because I don't have motherhood down, but I have auntiehood down. <laughs> I'm a dope auntie. <laughs> Like my baby will say, dude, you are dope. He doesn't say that. I'm just kidding. So I will conclude this by saying, whatever your journey is, embrace it and honor it in every way that you can, because it is a precious gift to 
be born with the ability to be mothering. And it is also a gift to be able to decide what that journey of motherhood will look like for you. And if the questions are too heavy, you can just, you have my permission to say, I'm not talking about that. (laughs) Because it's a private matter and not everybody has access to that information. So you can draw a line, have a boundary, create a standard to say, I'm not talking about that. If you don't feel safe in the conversation. Ta-da! So ladies and the men who love us, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to sign up for our email list, podcast.blackwomenamplified.com. And if you want to support this podcast, help us with paying for editing and equipment and all the good things. Plus get a little fashion, find your tribe. You can always go to our store and buy some merch at blackwomenamplified.com backslash shop, S-H-O-P. And you can pick up a t-shirt, a hat, a tote bag. I even have some books. You can buy Will Smith's book website. You can buy Jane Allen's book on our website. Um, And there's a couple other books and journals that I have on there that you can also purchase. And all of it helps support the production of the Black Women Amplified podcast. So thank you for listening. I look forward to hearing your feedback. You can always join us on our Instagram page, Black Women Amplified. And I will talk to you soon. Continue the conversation. Love, light, peace, and joy. I wish upon all of you. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining.